0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Dumbay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
2: All right, everybody. I I feel like this music, even though it's upbeat and it's giving me a little bit of a jolt, I don't feel like it's doing it justice of like what's going on in my body right now after watching Kate Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. What a freaking fight we just witnessed. And hopefully you were smart enough to tune in because these two ladies got after it for 10 rounds. Incredible fight. And we're talking about the fight of the year conversation in boxing and combat sports, that fight will definitely be in the conversation. And in the end, Katie Taylor gets it done. And hopefully we see it again, and then we see it again after that. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about UFC Vegas 53, most notably, another wild main event over at the UFC Apex, which is won by Marlon Chito Vera biggest win of his career against Rob Font. And then we're gonna take your questions at the end. But I am Mike Keck, I got an entire crew with me here. We got Jose Youngs, our boxing enthusiast. There he is. We got Sean Alshadi. I know he enjoyed the fight. It was a good time. And then we have the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alexander K. Lee, who got a a whole bunch of boxing. You watched this thing from start to finish, did you not? I did. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I broke the I broke the uh, rhythm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, what an auspicious start to the program so thank you all for joining us we'll take your questions to the end but jose like we mentioned at the beginning you are the boxing enthusiast you sold a lot of people on this fight i think you described it actually perfectly with what we saw but in the end your expectations were very high for this Mm -hmm. did this fight actually exceed those expectations because they were extremely high heading in
3: it exceeded my expectations in the fact that I thought that I I knew the early rounds would be very very close. I just, as I said in the preview show and between the links, I just thought Katie Taylor was just the better boxer all around. And if Amanda Serrano was going to win, it would have to be with forward pressure and power shots, which Katie Taylor has shown has been maybe her one avenue to defeat because I think her her footwork is second to none in that weight class of women and men's. Like she had, her footwork kept her in this fight, and that's essentially what happened. What I was surprised about is Amanda Serrano not only kept pace with her for those rounds like i did score it for katie taylor i'm sure we'll get into that later but amanda serrano was very game in those later rounds i thought that was where katie taylor was going to just pull ahead by a, like a large margin and this was going to be like an oh katie taylor pulled out the unanimous decision victory amanda serrano at worst is just the second best or just one b best female fighter in the world and the fact that it was a split decision and a lot i did twitter reacts for the site there were a lot of people online that scored that for Amanda Serrano. I know both ladies said they would want the rematch. I am absolutely ecstatic because I said that this fight should have been a trilogy to begin with. I've been, I started tweeting this because I was giving my running scorecard as the fight was going on, that rematch now needs to be three three minute rounds, 10, three minute rounds, 12, three minute rounds, whatever you want to do. Because with that, if if we implement that, that is a different fight. Both ladies are obviously going to have to approach that fight differently. The fight itself today wouldn't have played out as it did if there were three minute rounds, but it just felt like as all women's boxing matches uh, go, once the round starts, it's almost over already. And you just want more. So, uh, Katie Taylor did win. I It was pretty close to my scorecards. I think I gave one less round to Katie, but uh, for most of those rounds, that was playing out exactly as I thought it would. But the only thing that surprised me was Amanda Serrano was still in her face in rounds 9 and 10. Well said. Sean, you are very
2: good at putting these, th- these, these words out there and painting these word pictures, if you will. And what was amazing about tonight is that like It's a little different than last week, because last week we got Tyson Fury, that fight, 95,000 people at Wembley Stadium, and then we flip it over to ESPN Plus, and we get Mike Jackson versus Dean Barry inside the <laughs> UFC Apex. Tonight, we get just a battered and beaten Rob Font, Marlon Vera gets the biggest win of his career, tremendous moment with his family, and a near-empty Apex, and then we turn it on over. To the zone, and here we are. We're watching Katie Taylor slowly, methodically walk to the squared circle with n- almost 20,000 people just going bananas. Like it was like going to your local carnival, which is fun and great. And then all of a sudden, you push a button, and magically, you're in Disney World. You're in the Magic Kingdom, and it's nighttime, and the castle is all lit up, and there's fireworks behind it. It's like two totally different lands. Just your overall thoughts of what we saw, the the atmosphere, the environment, and how this fight actually delivered tonight.
4: I mean, man, what a night, right? Just like generally, what a night. To to go from Verafont, as you said, I mean, you put it very well, to go from Verifont and then immediately switch over to Ta- Taylor Serrano. That it was a real treat from the Blood Gods that we got tonight. Um <laughs> it, the, the, I, I have to say, man, because like I'm not the biggest boxing guy I'll jump in and out for you know parachute in for the big fights like I'll watch Tyson Fury or something like that but obviously I'm, I was tuned in this week you you hear you know how historic this whole fight is and then you know all the build up to it and that was general genuinely one of the best boxing fights I've seen in my life round five in particular was one of the best rounds of combat that I have ever seen just in general the brawling that was going on in that fight the shifts in momentum the stakes the crowd, everything. MSG felt like it was ten hundred, or it was a hundred thousand people in it. Like everything about this fight lived up to the moment, to the to the historic nature of it. Um, and also, I mean, it almost felt like, in a weird way, because obviously I'm the MMA guy coming in talking boxing, but it felt like it was the same type of religious experience that some people experienced for Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner, right? Where this is a pivotal moment in, in a certain sports history. And, you know, it's, it's, it's shaped up to be, you know, everything's built around this. Like this is sort of the one that can push it forward. Or if it, if it flops, it, it'll be a big deal that it flopped and it is such just such a tremendous out of body experience type of fight that as it goes on and on and it gets deeper into it you get that that telephone game of people telling people like hey dude you got to tune into this people seeing it on social media hey you got to tune into this this is unbelievable and we saw it even just in our our back you know to break the fourth wall like you look at the traffic stats on the website it just climbed up and up and up and up and up as the mo- as that fight went on deeper and deeper into it you could tell that more people were hopping on unbelievable fight uh, unbelievable spectacle everything about it was spectacular uh i i also i mean i felt like katie taylor i i wouldn't have been unhappy with a draw let me say that I, I think mike you said you scored it a draw as well but either way we need to run this back asap do it in ireland they've already said and do it with three minute rounds the two minute rounds is obscene it's stupid it's it makes no sense i i understand you know, boxing is a bit behind on this thing, but it's 2022. Why are we still having two minute rounds when everybody else has three minute rounds for the men? So, either way, uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable fight and unbelievable spectacle to watch.
2: AK, you watched this car from start to finish and you were treated with this incredible main event at the end. Two things really stood out to me that I will remember for a long time. One, obviously the fifth round and then the sixth round, Katie Taylor, although the fifth round was like a wild, crazy, just phone booth fight. It was the clearest round for Amanda Serrano of the entire fight. Like she won, she had Taylor in big trouble, but Taylor was just hanging in there. And then we're thinking, oh boy, all the momentum has gone to Amanda Serrano. Sixth round, Katie Taylor comes out and she just battles through and has a great round and the momentum shifts back in her way. That was a great moment. The other moment for me, was, maybe it was two moments, two different rounds. There were exchanges, then the bell rang, and then there were multiple exchanges after the bell. And I'm sitting there like, what is going on here? Why are they fighting after the bell? And the reason was, because the referee couldn't even hear the bell because it was so freaking loud in Madison Square Garden. That was the energy for this fight. So if you watched it live, it was just such a treat. What were your biggest takeaways from this fight overall? watching it and covering it for the site and doing a tremendous job, by the way, my best friend. Oh, why? Thank you. Uh, guys, this is
5: what good promotion can do. Now, does it help you have the two greatest boxers in women's history? Yeah, that's a lot to work with there. You know, people, sh- people should be interested. Is my video screwed up? Or am I, uh, is it just on my end? No, you're, you're good, just, buddy. You're just like Bigfoot. I'm you're good. Blurry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I look freakish. All right. No, okay. It's normal. It's better this way. Uh, this is what good promotion is. <laughs> OK, listen, uh, now, now, again, like I said, you have the, a lot to work with the two greatest boxers and in, in, uh, two greatest boxers in women's boxing history. So already there, that's a draw. Then you throw in, of course, Jake Paul, the, the man of the hour in combat sports. You know, uh, you, you throw him into the mix. That's going to get a whole different audience of people interested, clicking into it. Uh, and then Eddie Hearn, one of the great promoters in boxing today. It's it, There's a lot of factors, of course, to make a fight this big. You get Madison Square Garden. You get the history there. You do a great job. Of telling both women's stories, because uh, again, I, I, look, I, I, I'm not like the most hardcore boxing fan. Uh, I've, I of course uh, heard of Amanda Serrano a lot because she was involved with Bellator. She fought in MMA, so I heard of her there. And then from there, I learned about her boxing, her boxing accolades. Katie Taylor, a little more familiar with her boxing, of course, just she, she'd been uh, pretty worldwide famous now for a long time. So all these things come together. But, but I'm sure if two years ago you would, say, or maybe a little bit further further back. You would have said, "Oh, Katie Taylor and Amanda uh, Serrano are going to headline Madison Gardens, sell it out, do a pay per view, have all this media talking about them." People would have said, "You were you were effing nuts." They would say, "That's that, that's not going to happen." So th- this is this was a victory, of course, primarily for the women involved, but also just for like the power of promotion, the power of telling a story, and knowing that these two would deliver. You know what I mean? You knew you knew that you could put this level of work and promotion into this fight, and when Fight Night came around. Everyone who tuned in would not be disappointed. Uh people can 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 uh, you know argue about the result whether they thought Taylor won, whether they thought Serrano won, whether they thought it was a draw. But that if anything, that's only gonna benefit it more. Now you get that post fight, that post fight bump, that post fight uh, discussion. I wouldn't even say controversy it was just a great fight i wouldn't even call it a controversy and then hopefully a rematch down the road so it it just really could not have gone better i'm sure we'll see the peer view numbers uh you know we'll, we'll get an idea of that in in the, in the coming week or in the next couple of weeks and you know it's not going to be you know mayweather levels. it's not going to be conor McGregor levels but i think when people realize how uh how far women's boxing comes and and how <laughs> like how how much these women struggle to get this level of relevancy? I think they're going to be amazed no matter what the number is. And uh, it was just—it was just such a fun, such an enjoyable, fun fight, crazy atmosphere. Again, Madison Square Garden—it's a sellout with less than twenty thousand people. It's not like the biggest arena, but the fire that people bought to it, it really did feel like it was one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people. It was almost as loud as Wembley was for for
2: uh, Tyson Fury's fight. I swear, at least that's the way it came off in the broadcast. That's what a big fight is supposed to feel like in Madison Square Garden. Like that's. You know, when you were in the eighty growing up in the 80s and the 90s, when people talked about Madison Square Garden and watching big fights in Madison Square Garden and even like big moments in pro wrestling, you hear all these stories. And I've been to Madison Square Garden a couple of times. I was there, last I was there was UFC 244. And yeah, there was a buzz in the building for Masvidal Diaz. It was cool for the main event. Rest of the night, you didn't get anything close to what we got tonight. Nothing even close to it. It was just amazing. It was one of those like sort of throwback moments in combat sports where and – it, and it was two women delivering, which which was incredible. So hopefully they, get, they can run this one back. I thought the promotion was fantastic. Eddie Hearn, Jake Paul, yes, at times. So I feel like those two getting the shine, did it kind of take away from things in a way? Yes, from a purist standpoint, but it also – it actually built interest for this fight, like Jose talked about. Jake Paul, very polarizing individual. Eddie Hearn, again, if you're bored one day, let me just tell you all, if you're bored one day and you're like not feeling well and you're looking for something to do to pass the time, just YouTube search Eddie Hearn and just watch his interviews or anything he does, and it, you'll be blown away. We've, you'll be hooked. We a I've rabbit t- hole that you just don't want to climb out of.
3: I've said this a few times, but in the like peak of the pandemic before we had like vaccines and everything and I was having to drive to Las Vegas like every other week for like one of those Apex shows and we're still having virtual days and everything in Las Vegas was shut down. Our good friend uh, Oscar Willis and I would just sit in his apartment and we would literally pass the time watching every single Eddie Hearn interview out there. Like we text each other, Eddie Hearn interviews. Just like the stuff that he says is the best. So do yourself a favor. The next time there's no UFC fight or Bellator fight on a weekend, literally just watch Eddie Hearn videos and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's
2: tremendous stuff. By the way, Jake Paul tweeted out about ten minutes ago. Just one word, and that word was robbed. Feels like he was robbed. Was was Amanda Serrano robbed? Does anyone want to take? Does anybody have an argument? here that they want to present that amanda
3: serrano was robbed tonight uh i don't think close fight as ak said many a time not all close fights are robberies i scored it for katie taylor i can very easily like if someone wants to argue that amanda serrano won i'm not going to argue back she i think very obviously had the more power power shots in several of those rounds you had a late flurries a lot and i think katie taylor was very flustered didn't know really what to do uh in there a few times but i think just her boxing acumen and iq just kind of pulled it out at the end but if someone wants to argue that a man is around a one or at worst it's a draw i'm not going to argue i think a split when that fight ended i'm like this is going to be a split decision for one lady or a draw because i can't see any judge giving i can't see all three judges agreeing on that i wouldn't have been surprised if it was like one one draw if that makes sense like it could have been any it could have been anything Pride rules. By pride rules. Serrano.
5: <laughs> yeah, that was Pride rules. There, there's your robbery. Uh, if you're going by Pride rules, Serrano won. had, <laughs> Serrano had the biggest round. Round, uh, round sure. five. Round five. Round. Yeah, round five. Yeah. And uh, almost finished the fight. She's she's the, of the of the two. She's the closest who came to finishing the fight. So Pride rules. Uh, there's your robbery. But I mean, I I, I scored it for Taylor. So
4: that's yeah. exactly Manics. what I was going to say. Okay? It's like I don't I don't know that boxing fans that. ever say by Pride rules somebody <laughs> won. I'm sure that is not in the lexicon of boxing fans, but i would agree by pride rules amanda serrano one but either way i don't feel like there's a real loser coming out of that fight right like i know that's super cliche to say but like that was everything it needed to be it totally held up in the moment and i think both women coming away come away from that looking like stars and i think the rematch is just going to be huge because there's going to be a rematch
3: yeah you know who's not calling you know who's not calling robbery Amanda Serrano, she was like very gracious wow. in defeat. Like I, both women would have been that though, because all I, they understood the moment. This is important for women's sports. No one's going to yeah, she... like, I'm, I'm more surprised that Amanda Serrano's coach who historically has, like he got like suspended from his last fight for, for like six months or whatever after Amanda's last fight, because he was just being absolutely horrendous. To Amanda Serrano's opponent and Amanda Serrano dominated her and he was just throwing a fit and just saying the most horrendous things to her opponent that he got suspended by like one of the boxing commissions or whatever so like I am more shocked that he didn't throw a fit than anything else in this
2: yeah oh yeah that was the uh the first Woodley Paul fight right where he did that? Yeah, I remember He, got, that. he, he was he, not acting right. Because a
3: Manasarano fought a uh, Mexican woman, and he was so annoyed that they game planned for like this hard-nosed, gritty Mexican fighter, and that's not what they get, that he just belittled her opponent the entire fight and got suspended for it. Well,
2: luckily, cooler heads prevailed here, and now the second fight's gonna be gigantic, and if Manasarano wins, the third fight will be ginormous. So, kudos to both ladies. Kudos to everybody involved here, Eddie Hearn, even Jake Paul, everybody involved. Well done. You sold out MSG, two women headlined. Amazing stuff. Amazing fight. Cannot wait to see, uh, to see rounds 11 through 20 or uh, however many rounds and however many minutes we get to see. I am all in. So congratulations to both women. Congratulations to Katie Taylor for picking up the massive win. Now,
0: and visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
2: this time in the world of mixed martial arts, 25 hard minutes in the UFC's bantamweight division. In the end, Marlon Cheeto Vera picks up the biggest win of his career. I scored at 49-46. MMA Fighting's official stance on the scoring is 49-46. Two of the judges agreed. One judge scored at 48-47. But Marlon Vera, massive win. He moves up the rankings. Rob Font drops a second straight. Jose, we'll begin with you. Your thoughts on? cheeto Vera's performance what he did and just what this man put on the put on the line tonight because he he's a freak the man is an absolute yeah. freak
3: I mean every it's I pick i can't remember the last time I picked Marlon vera to win uh because every time i pick him to lose and he just gets better and better and better i will say i am a little curious if like rob finds some sort of injury in there which is like or heading into this, like maybe he couldn't do as much cardio as he could, which is why he maybe missed weight because he did obviously seem to fade near those final rounds. But that could also be because Cheeto Vera like need him and kicked him and elbowed him a lot in the face. Like that did not look fit. That person that left the octagon did not physically look like Rob Font. I saw Rob Font go in. I didn't see Rob Font go out. I saw him wearing a real bloody mask in there leaving. So yeah, Marlon Vera, Seemed to be having the time of his life in there. And if he gets one of these big fights on like a big card in like a co event spot or something like that, he's going to be a rock star because he is so fun to watch. Like when he was dancing in there and like when Rob font threw that elbow and he was like, Oh, that tickles and it was like rubbing his head in the middle of the thing and like laughing and pointing at Rob font. That fight was a lot of fun to watch. Obviously it was, uncomfortable at times because rob font seemed to be taking a lot of damage the belt he had two buzzer beater saves like he was if those if if there were 10 seconds left in those rounds i would not have been surprised if jason herzog stopped that fight because he was getting a beating uh i can't remember the exact rounds it kind of all blurs together but yeah rob font got saved twice by the belt not a great look and the ufc has a new top five bantamweight on their hands in marlon vera he was
2: Sean, he was saved by the bell two rounds in a row, and then in the fourth round, you you put something in our Slack channel that you just thought Marlon Vera was was outright sadistic because you felt <laughs> like he could have just gone in there and finished it. But he the sadistic side of Cheeto Vera maybe it's the weight miss, maybe it's just the, what this man becomes when when the horn when the fight begins, but. You felt like after that knockdown in the fourth round, that like he could have just pounced at the end of the fight, but he just wanted to drag this out a little bit longer. So your thoughts on Varys' performance? And this is a huge win for him, man. Huge win, first main event, and he delivers.
4: I think huge is probably an understatement, right? Like this is the biggest win of his career and it's not even close. Like we can go back to the Sean O'Malley thing. Like that's probably in terms of hype and name and whatever that maybe people will call that the biggest win of his career. Nah, it's it's this man. And, and it's wild that this place that we have sort of reached with Marlon Vera, because if you remember like going back Way, way back. Like, this is a man who's been in the UFC since 2014. When he got to the UFC, he was really just kind of like this afterthought on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. Um, He wasn't, you know, talked about as, you know, this big time prospect or anything like that. Like, he's just this guy coming from Ecuador, like, who no one really had any idea who he was or of his skill set or what he could become loses for two of his first three in the UFC even after his first seven in the UFC he's three of he's three and four like he's, he's he has a below 500 record he's like four years deep in the UFC at that point like he is a guy that we have seen for a long time and at that point I think a lot of people sort of cap where you are your ceiling right like who you could become it's just like we've seen this guy for four years he's he's kind of just a middling average Featherweight, bantamweight, kind of going back in between. Like, he's not going to be anything. And now, all of a sudden, man, look at this. Like, it is almost, it's almost been 10 years of him in the UFC. I think he's on a year like nine. And he is just a murderer in there. Like, he is a genuinely unbelievable. degree to which he has evolved on all levels of his game like he is an all-around force in there he's ferocious he's mean like he has charisma for days too when he's in there when he's out of there like everything about it like this is the breakout win he has been looking for uh and it was it was sensational to watch and I, i frankly again i like you said mike like the fact that he didn't finish it almost just met let him drag it on even farther and farther and it just got more and more brutal the way this ends up the stats on this fight like if you if you ever need a great example of why stats don't really work in MMA and like why stats don't begin to tell the story with some fights go ahead and look at this stat go ahead and look at this fight I should say because Rob Font outstruck Cheeto Vera 271 to 159 on significant strikes 271 to 159 that's more than 100 significant strikes advantage and yet this wasn't even close like if if you had a friend who didn't watch this fight and then they just saw the stats they would come to you and be like man Rob Font really put it on Cheeto didn't he like it is just crazy uh a where where Cheeto has come at this point in his career and who he has become because he absolutely is a top five contender at this point in this Bantamweight division but also just like the way this fight plays out and the way it illustrates uh just the you know some of the weird nuances with MMA in terms of statistics and the way people try to argue decisions
2: with statistics yeah man Rob Font in his last couple of fights if you ever want to just break down judging in 2022, those are the two fights you watch: The Jose Aldo fight and this one, because same thing in the Jose Aldo fight. Outlanded Aldo, doubled them up, even tripled them up in most of the rounds, but still 50-45s, 49-46s for Jose Aldo. Those are the two fights you might want to show your friends who are just getting an MMA, who don't know how the fights are scored and the judging criteria. Those are perfect examples. Great win for Marlon Vera. Our own Jed Mishu on MMA Decisions scored that fight 49-43 for Marlon Vera. Was, it is up there for the world Was that joke or a typo? See. Was that a joke No, of course it's Of course it's not.
5: So what would that be? That'd be like 10-8s and 10-7s? What would that be? How do you even get to that? It would be what? 10-9? Like three 10 8s. one
2: 10-9 and four 10-8s? Uh, okay. Yeah. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. No. I don't know. Maybe two 10-8s? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I think it's two ten-eighths. No, that's what it is, two ten-eighths. Yeah, look, uh,
5: Marlon Vera, I hate to use this. I don't know why I hate this phrase when people are like, oh, so-and-so understood the assignment. This man understands the assignment. I mean, look, he's, he's going have to finish fight anyway, regardless of judging, but I – and he also doesn't strike me as a guy that would care to necessarily read the criteria, but it really feels like he knows it uh roxon roxanne, roxanne modafari for anyone who didn't read it uh did like a uh, editorial for uh what's the say uh, the all-star this site called the all-star where she was just talking about judging kind of giving her own perspective on it um her own go, talking about her own experiences but also in the context of the uh the official criteria of scoring which she linked to in, in the article so guys look, look that one up um support uh roxy's fighting career because she's trying to educate herself and other people uh about fighting and she knows pretty much everything about it she fought forever so Marlon Vera, yeah, I <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I, I was saying before the show, guys, I was focused primarily on boxing tonight. I didn't really get to pay a close attention to the, the UFC main event. So if I did look at just the stats and hadn't been keeping up with social media and hadn't been talking to you guys, I would have said this is a straight blow for Rob Font. Um Shaheen, you mentioned the total striking stats. It, it sounds even more absurd going round by round. Uh round one, 57. These are all uh, all every round won by uh Rob Font's new strikes. 5726, round one. 51-27, round two. 71-37, round three. 42-36, uh, round four. And 50-33, round five. So it looks, yeah, it looks crazy. And then you see also round two, knock one knockdown, Marlon Vera. Round three, one knockdown, Marlon Vera. Round four, one, one knockdown, uh, Marlon Vera. Which makes it a little bit more clear that Marlon Vera did win this fight. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, I think we we, t- we pretty much, all of us when we were doing our predictions, whether we picked Rob or whether we picked uh, Cheeto, we're saying, Man, we really think Rob's a better boxer. He's gonna outstrike him. It, it seems a little bit like the Aldo fight, but man, you know Vera's gonna be able to do some damage. And if he does if he does enough damage, then it's gonna go the other way. It played out exactly, exactly how. Well. I'm not sure who you guys picked. I picked Font because I thought he'd be able to avoid the getting rocked that many times. I was wrong. So I mean, good, good on uh, Marlon Cheeto Vera. That's
2: uh, again clear decision for him. 100. Cheetos and was in every round, but he lost like at least the first three rounds, he lost like four minutes and 40 seconds of the first three rounds. All of them, all of them, clear as day, Rob Font cruising, and then a kick to the body or a kick to the head or something. Font goes down, Cheeto pounces, and he steals the round. And that's just been kind of the story of Rob Font's last two fights. Because again, you go back to the Jose Aldo fight, Font looks so good in that first round against Jose Aldo. And then he gets dropped with 10 seconds left of the round, loses it, momentum shifts to Marlon Vera, shifts to Jose Aldo, and then everything just goes downhill. And to make Look, matters worse, quick. gentlemen,
4: go ahead. Real quick, let me just add to what you were saying, because you had you had a great point there, which is the diversity from Cheeto was really something else. Because every time he knocked him down in that fight, unless I'm mistaken, was with something different. It was with a different strike than the, the previous time he got knocked down. So it was just the diversity all around from Cheeto was tremendous. He had Rob Font guessing the entire time and every time he was landing something different. What well,
5: it was, it was, was it the mixing of the martial arts? Are you saying it was the mixing of the martial arts? Was he, he mixed was like, the, the hell
2: out of the
4: martial <laughs> arts? Damn it. <laughs> Hashtag keep the martial arts
5: apart. Well, apparently not.
2: And here's the scariest thing about Marlon Vera and, and, and a lot of you gentlemen alluded to it. There's this great quote that I thought of watching this fight as I'm doing the live blog. Bob Marley, one thing about good music is when it hits you, you feel no pain. Rob Font must have been singing Bobby Brown songs all night long because those are great songs. And as much as those songs and those lyrics are coming out, Marlon Vera was just loving life. He got hit 300 times and it looked like he was just, like he was like painting with his children. Like it looked like he walked around his neighborhood. Didn't even look like he was in a fight. He got punched in the face almost 300 times. Rob Font looks like a totally different person. Marlon Vera looks like he didn't even get into a fight. It's crazy. How scary is this guy, Sean, knowing that you can hit this guy 300 times and it has zero effect on him. I mean, zero. If only it seems to fuel him, if nothing
4: else, like he (laughs) seems to get off on it and kind of gets better from it, so yeah, absolutely, man. But I, I will say, I mean, just following up on what we were talking about with Rob Font, the last two fights for this man have been really brutal and like I, I this is a man who I think a lot of us felt like was if not a future champion like was definitely going to be in that conversation for a long time and now all of a sudden we're waking up on, on Sunday and he is 34 years old and the amount of damage he has taken in these last two fights is almost like alarming to to the degree right like though how he looked at the end of, of the fight tonight like just send that guy right to the hospital and so Bantamweight's not a division you can be old in and, and especially like fight years too like that stuff will catch up to you real fast and. I don't know, man. I'm starting to worry a little bit about Rob Font who he, in his ceiling now in this division. Because, again, he's a guy who's 34 years old. It took him a bit to get to this point. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, these last two have really opened up and revealed a lot of different deficiencies in his defense and just his game overall. And you can only do that for so long in these divisions.
2: 100%. And to make matters worse, gentlemen, the fight of the night was Marlon Vera versus Rob Font. And normally, we would be like, oh, you know what? Rob Font, I mean, at least at least he gets an extra 50 Gs, right? Wrong, because he missed weight. So he doesn't get the 50 Gs. So Marlon Vera is what? He's getting the 100 Gs, right? So it just gets even better for Marlon Vera and a little bit worse for Rob Font, right? Because he doesn't get this bonus because he missed weight, right?
4: He doesn't get the bonus because he missed weight. He doesn't get his full show purse or his his full show purse because he missed weight. He doesn't get his win (laughs) bonus. So like all of this money that he potentially could have earned is really just whittled down to like this because of how this went. And that is a man who, again, suffered a lot of damage today. These dudes don't get paid enough.
2: Sheesh. Unbelievable. So great win for... Marlon Vera, excited to see where he goes next. He's living up to the potential a lot of people have had for him. Also, shout out to Joe Anderson Brito and Francisco Figueredo getting performance of the night bonuses. Joe Anderson Brito, holy smokes, what a performance. Puts Andre Feely away real quick. And then Figgy Figgy Biggs, I'm, I guess I'm going to call him, with a, a slick knee bar. It's knee bar city in Las Vegas. Everyone's just getting knee barred left and right. So, great performances from those guys. There were a lot of great performances tonight. A lot of potential bonus money that could have happened. And now we're going to turn it over to the peeps. And we'll see what you guys have to say about the festivities. Because I know we didn't break down everything fight by fight. But it's all good. We had the amazing, two amazing main events. And then if you guys want to fill in the blanks, we shall fill in the blanks with your questions. Casey is here.
5: Hey, everyone. Let's get
2: after this thing. I got to say, I co-signed the Figgy
4: Biggs nickname. I like that a lot. Figgy Biggs. Yeah. Yeah. Figgy Biggs, let's go.
6: We did get this question, but I want to hear from you guys because that's my question. We talked earlier about who has uh, who has more to lose in this fight, and we said uh, Rob Font. If Rob Font loses this fight, though, this is worse than Vera. Is Rob Font is he ever going to be a title contender? Is this is this the last we've seen of Rob Font in that kind of upper echelon of bantamweights?
4: After tonight, I would say I don't think he fights for a UFC title.
2: Yeah, unless yeah. just you never think. Yeah, never, unless I
5: agree.
2: Yeah, unless just insane luck falls on his lap, like takes a couple of short notice fights, makes weight, gets big finishes, and somehow gets his way back in there. At this point, yeah, I me, mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's, a long road. it's just because you know, we long we're, road.
6: Yeah, coming into the fight. We you know we always kind of who's you no know, who's got more pressure, and um, you no. Know, now what it happened? I was like, ooh, yeah, I think we were correct, and like Rob Fonten had to win tonight, and. Yeah. (laughs) We saw it. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh I mean, good for good for Vera, obviously, but yeah, it's just how it goes.
2: Yeah. Vera's such an interesting guy, too. Like he's a really interesting guy with a really interesting story. Mm -hmm. Not saying Font's not an interesting guy, because he is an interesting guy. But he's just they have that Patriots mindset where it's just like, eh, we're not gonna look ahead, we're not gonna talk trash. We got business to attend to. And then once the business is over, we're going to stop talking for a couple weeks and then it's on to the next thing. Like it's, it's just cut and dry. Uh, what is next for Cheeto Vera? AK, we will decide that tomorrow. Bullet, Sean Alshadi and Jose Youngs be the resident matchmakers here. Sean, Jose, where does Cheeto Vera go after the biggest win of his career?
4: Jose and I are going to disagree on this because I already know what he's going to say. It's, it's Corey Sanhagen it's got to be Corey Sanhagen that feels like the most obvious next step I think he's going to say someone a little higher and to me it doesn't feel like I feel like that'd be a bit too much of a jump right now with what we just saw I love the Corey Sanhagen matchup that dude there Corey Sanhagen's in that spot where he needs a win or he's going to you know start falling back to the pack if he loses again and Marlon Vera that's like a perfect vault up to see like I I think we all still a lot of us on this website believe Corey Sanhagen is a future champion of this division I love that matchup but go for, go for it Jose
3: I mean, I'm not gonna say no to Rob Font versus Court, like Court. I mean, not Rob Font. Chauvet versus Corey Sandhagen. I'm not gonna say no to Marlon Vera fighting anyone above him at this point. Like, obviously, I tweeted selfishly, it's not going to happen. I just want to see Marlon Vera and Peter Yan get into a fist fight over five rounds because that would just be fun. But it's not going to happen based off of these arbitrary rankings that everyone has, including this site. Um, I you... still, I'm on, How that. Dare I'm on the, you? Boat How, that, dare. How dare I'm you? I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm, I don't have a vote. I don't have a vote. So I'm, I'm still in the, in the group that I think I want Peter Yon to fight Henry Cejudo first when Henry Cejudo comes back. Uh, but I also selfishly, as I said, I want to, after this fight, a, this fight just proved that Jose Aldo should probably get the, the be the number one contender right now because he beat Marlon Vera pretty convincingly. And we all thought that Marlon was going to not break a sweat against Marlon Vera. And look what he did. I don't know. I think because Marlon Vera is not going to fight for a title next. Uh, Pierre Jan not going to fight for a title next. If people are going to say like, oh, I don't want Pierre Jan knocking off a contender because he's 0-2, 0-2 in quotes against the... Um, the current champion Aljamain Sterling, fine. Then have him fight Marlon Verrett because that fight is just fun, and I think that would be everything that a Corey Sanhagen Peter Jan fight would be. But if we're gonna get Corey Sanhagen versus uh, Marlon Verrett, so be it. What a uh, what a second place fight that would be. But like, who would like, honestly? Who's gonna fight Marab? Honestly. Who's going Henry to fight Murad? Like Cegudo. it's not. That's the fight. Henry Cejudo is not going to fight Morab, <laughs> Nor do I want to see him fight Morab. Like so, that's like a that's two strikes right there. And he's going to know. say no. So that's the third strike. It's three strikes yeah, so right get there. Him that out. fight is not. Nobody
2: happen. see. Nobody cares. He's coming back. Nobody cares. He's coming back. <laughs> Prove to me <laughs> oh you want to come back I... and be the champion of this division. Go out and beat Aljo's best friend in the whole world, Marab Dewalish Willie. His the guy who has his back. You go out there and you beat Mirab. Aljo's coming for you. He's picking up the phone. He's calling you up, saying, "Meet me out in Las Vegas. Meet me in that octagon. We're going. We're fighting."
0: Yeah, that's you ain't not getting just,
2: the title shot, just, dude. It's not happening. It's just it's not it's just happening. It's not it's happening. Not I Is wouldn't mind reason? seeing.
3: You, you, I wouldn't mind seeing Jan fight Marab too because they talked a lot of trash in Russian when we were in Jacksonville.
2: Sure,
4: that,
3: I agree I like with that, that. too.
4: Is there like any love for well, Henry? Henry's oh. just taking drive bys out here for no reason at all. He's not even related to this no. conversation. Yeah, I know. No, he's, he's not part of like, like who cares
2: about Henry, also, Henry like, still just at home. also, like not <laughs> for nothing. No
3: Henry cejudo is a very talented fighter. I just want to see him fight anybody. Yes. But he yeah, was I a very to talented fighter. Ooh,
2: player. was look at that. Look at this. And guy he will, he, Yes, when he before he retired, and until he gets back in there and fights, he is still retired, in my eyes. He was very good. And he had the biggest misstep in the history of sports by retiring when he retired. It was a terrible misstep. in the
4: history of sports. Wow. One of them, One of, <laughs> all of them, sports. Um,
3: I'm going to go on record one saying, of- I don't know, Len Bias doing drugs at the night he got drafted is probably a bigger Ooh, misstep because okay. he's died. So that might be a little right. bigger. In recent MMA history, Henry Cuello is probably there. Recent MMA
2: history. Come on now. That's up there. I'm not comparing len bias to henry sudo yeah. but one of the all-time in the history. hey
3: they were your words not mine
2: yeah you said all. i didn't say the
3: number one <laughs> you said all time you said all time i don't one know of, Simpson just one of that them too. one of them i have
4: to say terrible too, decision. this is this is unrelated but it's somewhat related i just got a text from a buddy who who's a casual fight fan who just hadn't watched the fights and he texted me man i just saw the stats rob must have really messed up cheeto <laughs> Are you serious? So, there you go. I swear that's to God, hilarious. That's, next, I just got, I cleaned it up a bit. I had to I yeah, censor yeah. myself, but yes, that is that's essentially so funny. what has got.
0: The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ, Patchy Mix, defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov
6: Oh, but real quick before we go off this, it can be yes or no question, yes or no answer. What uh, any love for running back Cheeto and Song Yadong?
4: No, Cheeto's on an upward uh, Cheeto is
6: up right now. Song Yidang just knocked out Mar- retired Marlon Marlon, Mar- Marlon To me, Cheeto is a, a tier above win- him right, right now. But why? He's a tier above yeah. him right mm. now. Yeah, I don't. I just think well, you know. I think that I think having the meaning the main event really helps. I think that really helps. You know, so the focus. If this was like the third fight in the card, we, you know. But I get it. But um, Also, yeah, it's one, one of Yudong. those things.
4: Yeah. is one of those things too, where Song Yadong's twenty-four. He's got a long road ahead of him. Like Cheeto's been at this for like ten years. He doesn't need to take a step back right now. Like this is, is his moment back?
2: to be. Wait, that wait, would what? be a huge step back. Yeah. Well, Marv Alvarez gonna be a top five UFC fighter on oh, Tuesday, be, based on Rob's, yeah, yeah, based on Rob's ranking, based ranking. on Rob's yeah. ranking. Okay, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. This is so he would have like six spots to fight Song Yadong. No
6: way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, I you know, once I you fight a guy in front crazy. of you, I always say you fight the guy behind you. Next fight, but you know that's not how this works. Uh, Mike,
5: that yeah, next, that. Mike, that was my on to the next. Mike, that was my on to the next one. Pick after uh, after the last time Song Yedong fought was I said he should fight the Rob Font Marlon Bear winner.
2: So there you go. Yeah. Now you can, Oops, you can go I'm with that. Not, You're not. Oh, are not crazy. Not yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. One like pick done. You just
4: you just had someone say Song Yedong
6: O'Malley. I that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I like that. But Song Yedong O'Malley is
2: good that's good too. All right. Dude, that's, dude, dude, a, dude. that's actually the that's actually a really good fight to make yeah but two uh, young guys you know yeah. listen well they'll see we'll see it someday i have a feeling we'll see those two fight again someday when their stakes yeah, are mean, much higher than where they, were, they he were, wants that were, one where back, were, right where were, where at right now
5: you know that's, you know Cheeto that's would, another,
4: you know,
2: Vera that's would another yes thing
4: to oh yeah you'll say yes to anything but that's another thing about that's crazy to me about this whole cheeto evolution is like that dude's not even 30 yet that guy's yeah. 29 years old somehow, and he's been in our lives for like eight, nine years. It's nuts. We really watched this guy grow up in the UFC. Hey man, 19th fighting, in, fighting yeah. the
6: best weight class in the world.
4: That's not true. No
6: one here to That's say right. otherwise. So to you, I can't hear your mic's broken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear I'm exactly kidding. what you just said. Uh, just um, what if, you know, a, lot, a lot, a lot of um, shared enthusiasm from the people online. So I just want to. Put that and out there craig
2: was hyped all week exceeded his
5: expectations Tremendous. not winning rate. our poll yeah, not winning our poll by the way i have a poll which show had the better main event uc vegas 53 winning in a landslide now we probably do have an <laughs> mma we are our, our audience probably a little mma biased in fairness but uh 62 probably UC didn't vegas watch it probably didn't watch the boxing that's fine 38 taylor versus serrano so i don't know maybe that's even a stronger give again given our, our uh the makeup of our audience maybe 38 for taylor that's serrano good. is actually like pretty high <laughs>
6: yeah. There, there was Agreed. a sold out Madison square garden and there were 15 people watching live for the Apex card <laughs> i'm that's just yeah okay also there also i am rowdy kind
4: of, I, it was a rowdy 15 people in that apex i was hearing heckling all night
5: i am i am also just kind of asking what's the better what was the better main event I, so
3: i mean, I that, i, I want so to watch
5: both
6: yes sir
3: because uh-huh. i because i've been to like a million of these apex cards have like, I'm not trying to be a dick right now. Like, I generally don't know. Have any of you guys been to an Apex card? Like, a fight inside the Apex? Uh,
6: During the pandemic. Not a fans. Not like Dude, a fans. Dude, it's
3: great. It is fun. Because it feels like you're in a high school gym, and the the, gym, like the, the seats are, like, split in half. So, like, one side is all one fan base, and one side is the other, and they can still bring in flags. So, it's a lot of fun. So, like, when Yair and Max Holloway fought, it genuinely felt like two rival high schools getting into a fist fight. So like I know everyone, I know there's people on the MMA Hour that always poo-poo the Apex and this and that. I don't hate it, especially for like these types of fights when you have like fan bases like this, because it gets lit in there. It just it's a little expensive if you want to buy a ticket because of the lack of seats.
6: Well, they, that's the UFC's decision. They could sell those seats for fifty dollars if they wanted to.
3: <laughs> it seemed it seemed like this particular group
2: that was in the building for this particular night were a little extra saucy. Like a little extra saucy. We had some Bisbing sucks chants thrown in there. What was, what, what, that was was that Luke Rockos? What, what was the post-fight interview? Is Bisbing got a you suck? But he was interviewing somebody else. Oh, yeah. Who what was who, that? Who, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. There's something. Fans are not happy with this person who got announced the winner. I don't know. You know, hey, if, if you're if
6: you're team. that type of fan and you want to make sure you're heard, you can't pay your money for you UFC Apex card. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know, excellent excellent I know the fight you're talking men. about.
4: I know the fight you're talking about, Mike, because there was also a bunch of boring, yeah, <laughs> in the background of the post-fight yeah. interview too. So I don't know what that was.
3: Was that the was that the Jaco like Jocko Mierschar fight? It's gotta
4: be Jocko. It might have been Jocko, yeah. Which what? <laughs> I like that. What? That's the, the the thing that like lets you remember what it was. Is oh boring. <laughs> okay, yeah.
6: You know, we talked about you know fights that like delivered no has advertised jaco mirchardt was exactly as we thought it was gonna go it was actually middle. better it was a oh, little bit so? it was better okay yeah it was, I mean, the Middle it weighty middleweight a middleweight
5: How about uh jaco two two straight now five
4: or six I just finds a way i mean how about andre last
5: oh, oh, oh. oh my this, god one, this, this question is for mr ak lee <laughs> oh
2: please okay well again get get 30 it. 27 okay. loses split <laughs>
5: So I had to do a robbery review as soon as the fight was over. I got a couple of messages saying like, "You, you know what to do. You gotta do it." So <laughs> there will be a robbery review on Monday, uh, by Monday. Uh, again, this was in the thick of one of the fights on. I think this was in the thick of one of the fights on uh, the telestrano card. So I actually could not watch. I was very sad. I did not get to watch uh, what I expected to be a very Arndt ish fight. It was. Uh, but I did see. I was looking at my feed. I saw a ton of robbery talk. It is always crazy when one fighter gets a 30 27 and still loses uh it's one of the most inexplicable things but I will have to watch the card to see uh well it sounds like this was a justifiable card I'll have to watch to see how the other judges came to uh 29 28s for uh for Andre but hey congrats to Andre he he makes I, again I don't know if that's the case with this fight I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch closely he finds a way he finds a way to get to that decision and once it goes to the cards with him you really never know what's gonna happen so I mean 23 UFC wins now tied the most wins in UFC history: Don Cerrone, Jim Miller. I mean, there's just uh, maybe, maybe he's been on the wrong end of some questionable uh, splits too. So this is like you know this is this is getting one back. What was the, What was the fight? What when he fought like what Brendan Schaub? Or he won that one? I, mean, I, mean, I remember was it was terrible. I remember it was terrible. Every close
6: decision, he wins somehow yeah I'm pretty sure he's, like, he's well not-
4: especially in this like back half of his yeah. back chapter of his career which like who cares if I'm being real right like I understand if, if I'm Jake Collier, Collier I care if you if you're, Jay <laughs> Collier yeah. and you're Jay Collier is- Jake Collier that's rough no no hold on hold I, yeah. on, let I me sit because if you're Jake Collier and Jake Collier's friends coaches family whatever I'm sure you very much care but other than that like Andre's a legend dude like let's let him get a couple of these every every once in a while this dude is 43 years old every once in a while <laughs> I no. Nah, this dude is 43 years it. old and I tweeted this tonight but like he is now on his longest winning streak as a UFC fighter since 2002 yeah. to 2006. I was in high school I was like I'm like mid-30s right now I'm a grown man in my mid-30s who has a child on the way and a wife like that dude I was in high school the last time he won this many UFC fights in a row or like more UFC fights than this in a row that's unbelievable man that is unbelievable he is 43 years old and still just doing it making these yeah. weird ugly gross close fights with all these younger dudes it's it's amazing it's absolutely awesome. amazing maybe Here's Jed was world. on something is all I'm gonna say when he called him the heavyweight gun.
6: Jed's definitely on something <laughs> Now that's yeah, that's yeah. unrelated to this. <laughs> so, this was,
5: his, this was his what 66th pro fight. Is that wrong? Is that am I crazy? This is like fight number, right. fight. I. I think number 60. Oh, excuse me, 56. I'm sorry, I've added, but either way, oh, only 56 fights. I apologize. His 56th pro fight, he's 43 years old. Uh, so at this point, listen, if you can't finish on Jarolowski. Uh you lose. This is this is the new rule. If you go to a decision, you don't need no no judges needed. No judges needed. It's it's if you, you, you gotta look at that clock all the time, like, oh my god, I'm like I'm like yeah. a minute away from losing. You have to finish him for it to be considered a win. Because if you cannot he is so old now, uh with I say this respectfully, <laughs> He's so old so now old. and so so shopworn if you cannot beat him, then you lost. You lost you Here lose for the decision. It. You have to finish. That's the rule. That's the rule now.
4: It's 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 the right, rule it's set in stone. We we have all voted on it. Everybody yeah. in the MMA community voted on it. It already happened. Yeah. It's set in stone. It's done. Also, okay, like I so. I know people joking around about getting giving him a title shot tonight. Like, let's just do it and somehow he'll end up winning this very gross, very ugly decision that he probably shouldn't have won. And then people will be mad and like it'll just let's just keep this going. Let's get this keep this going as long as we can keep it going.
2: I mean, do it like AK for onto the next one. Like every time Arlovsky fights and wins. I match him up with the same guy every single time. And that same guy, every time he fights and wins, I match him up with Arlovsky. Uh-huh. Is it time to do Arlovsky versus oh, Alexander Romanov now? Is oh. like, is it time? Oh, that,
5: is that how host? Every single uh, time. Yes, it is time. It is time. And again, Alexander Romanov, if you don't get a finish, you lost.
4: <laughs> no, I hate that fight. Don't do that <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that to Andre. Don't do that to Andre. Yeah, first don't of all, do why do you want to do what that if? to
6: Andre? What, yeah, what did Andre, Andre do like? to you? Arlovski versus fight. Parker Porter. How about that? Yeah. They, that's, I like that. that, 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 that that's how Parker's we have going to fight uh, him up. Let's well, just keep giving fighting, Andre, Don't worry about him, and we'll fill Andre yeah. in.
4: Give Andre the lower tier guys in this heavyweight division, and let's yeah. see how long this he can keep winning. Like, let's just do this as an experiment.
6: Yeah. Andre versus that heavyweight,
5: you go, oh,
6: he's still in the UFC?
5: Yeah. One of those guys. <laughs> Jarvis Danyo
2: versus Andre Arlovsky coming up. <laughs> What about just
3: do, um, do a rematch of Jake? Let's just run it back. Yeah. What about uh big fat boy, Chris Barnett? That'd be a fun fight. <laughs> no how dare you. First Andre Lusk has you. never been an exception. First of all, the disrespect no, no, no. the Take way that, you on. address Chris Barnett. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'm 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 I'm, kind of, I'm stunned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't yeah. I am, uh I'm but really you know what? Really let's really talk done. about that other gentleman you mentioned,
4: Mr. Heck. Yeah. We have to talk about Rom- Romanov. Yep. Yeah.
3: Romanov. Is Romanov. Alexander
2: Romanov ready for a top 15 opponent, even though he's expected to do that at every minus 2200? By the way, let me just say this before we address this. The craziest conversation we had in our Slack channels today was <laughs> about Alexander Romanov and where his rankings are, because I'm I'm just going to come out and say it. What I did with Armand Sarukian at 155 in our rankings, I'm not going to do exactly that with Romanov but it's going to be pretty damn close. Romanov is going to go from unranked to probably a top 10 guy in our in my heavyweight rankings come June 1st. You it's very possible. Who's out? Who's out? I, I, I totally I might, might be there with you. Yeah, there's a, couple, there's a couple of guys who are on the way. And here's why. Looking at the UFC ranked top 15 right now, he is a minus 1,000 favorite against most of those guys. Like most of those from like seven to 15, at least a minus 500 favorite. And then against like Walt Harris against, you know, Shamil Abdurahimov, those guys, he's a minus 1000 favorite against all those guys. I would comfortably pick him easily without hesitation against two of the top five guys in the UFC heavyweight division right now. Like all I right, think he's well, that good. Let me For cut me. in real fast. Cause I'm
4: curious where you see him at. So I'm looking at the UFC rankings right now. Tom Aspinall's number
1: six so, yeah, I don't know that Aspinall. I would favor
4: him I don't know that I would favor him beating Tom but Volkov is number seven in that was Volkov Rosenstruck Tybura and that's you know that's when it starts getting getting a little weird yeah is that where you would the cutoff of like I would absolutely
2: favor him to beat him because I w- I think I would definitely fade him favor him to beat Volkov 100 percent. yeah he's a minus 500 favorite against Volkov he's like a minus a thousand favorite against Jarzinho. A little closer to Tybora. Doc is massive favorite against all these guys. He's a gigantic favorite. Tommy Aspinall gets a little hairy. Derek Lewis, I certainly favor him to win that fight. Ooh. Curtis Blades, and interesting. Tuvasa, I favor him to beat Tuvasa. So, so is... yeah, probably.
6: Wow. So you have a, you would have him. So theoretically, you could have him. Like, where do you have Stipe ranked at? Um, I think right. he's two.
2: I think he's probably two for you or three.
6: So you you would pick Romanov over Stepe right now?
2: No. That, oh, that, oh, I don't I know. know. I'd have to think oh. about it. I had to think about it, but no, probably won't. not. Probably not. Yeah, it's tricky.
6: he's hard to rank. It's, he is Romanov. It, it's I, a, I it's wanna... a
4: really it, it's a really bizarre case with him because like the way that he has sort of been viewed just generally only it only seems like until very recently that people have even opened their eyes to him because like he's five fights deep in the UFC like he's been in the UFC for two or three years at this point but he was the way he looked tonight was obviously very very different from the way he looked when he came in right he had a lot of baby fat he was kind of just like a generic looking heavyweight like tonight he looked like a monster man like whatever the the, the new look is like he looks like he has leveled up physically and he was already there like in, in a lot of different ways before that so like whatever this is I'm all aboard this train because that dude looks like he's going to be a problem for a while and he's only 31.
2: My yeah. count, uh, he was, I think it was I think he was 244 for the weigh-in last week uh-huh. against Chase Sherman and he was like 237 for the weigh-in this not even week so more. he actually lost like eight more pounds for um, this weigh-in
4: he had six well, pack yeah like he like this is not the same dude we saw even last year like this is crazy no. the, the 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 metamorphosis this guy said. The way this question is phrased, isn't, I mean, it's an
5: easy yes. Is he ready for a top fifteen oh, yeah. opponent? I mean, that's an easy yes. That's a, that's that's yes right off the bat. So for me, it's gonna be tricky. So I'm, I'm looking at my own rankings right now. So this is this is a little inside rankings baseball for you guys. Um, so my bottom half number, my number fifteen, uh, Phil DeFries, KSW's champion, uh, Ryan Bader, Bellator's champion, and then Sergey Pavlovich, who's been doing some damage in the UFC's uh, heavyweight division. I, I I think I would put Romanov above uh, Ryan Bader. But it does feel a bit weird to put uh, uh, to put him above like uh, Phil DeFries. Maybe a little bit easier. I do think that um, the competition that Romanov has been beating is somewhat comparable to what um, Phil DeFries has been facing in KSW, so I don't hate that. Uh, Ryan Bader. I guess we have to see what happens with Czech Congo, or maybe it shouldn't matter. I guess you, you put him above Bader. Sergey Pavlovich is interesting because Sergey Pavlovich just smoked Abdurakhimov, and that's a better win than any win that Romanov has yet now now then again if you matched up Romanov and Pavlovich I would favor Romanov but Pavlovich is a hell of a prospect as well so I don't know I'm not but I'm also I think uh comparatively moderate when it comes to like throwing people up my rankings I'm very slow I'm probably the slowest most like I need to really 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 see something before I give someone a spot so he's definitely entering my top yeah you still
4: have Connor ranked in the top 10 yes (laughs) (laughs) who'd beat him who's beneath him that would beat him show a me huh dude, huh? dude he has He's one Connor, Connor has enough. one win over like I would
5: pick, pick him over Tony Ferguson in the yes. last five years why is Tony Ferguson ranked higher than him it's BS it's classic classic anti-conor hey, media that's uh, focus focus okay <laughs> oh sorry uh uh too long didn't listen uh Romanov will enter my top 15 but probably not probably not uh fly up as high as it did will on some of your guys because I I don't always agree with Casey's methodology, but I do agree. It's like this win. It's weird that this win over Chase Sherman, literally the is, worst is, UFC heavyweight, <laughs> literally the worst UFC heavyweight, well, if not the worst UFC it's heavyweight. Just, it's just I
4: genuinely think it's how he, I genuinely I, think it's ever. a how easy it was, but I, also understand. B, just I understand how he looks. Yeah. How you it look sounds like you looking at project. a dude who's rich is a little bit absolutely. different for most people than looking at the guy with all the baby
3: fat. I get it. Yeah, it's, it sounds a lot like the conversations we were having about Hamzat after the Leech fight. Like just throw him into the top five and now we're having the same argument about uh shagrat who's had until the gilbert burns Mm -hmm. win had better wins than hamza
4: yeah i actually i'm seeing people in the chat throw out that like he struggled against juan espino but like juan espino is legitimately like pretty good and also like just the fact that he hasn't fought a lot and over the, like, he's had a very slow schedule. I think let's, like, ruin people's perception. Because he could actually have been a very good heavyweight. Juan very handsome, too. Up. And that's very hard. He's it's very, very hard to punch a handsome man. And that's a tough matchup. Yeah. That's a yeah. tough the matchup. Just stylistically. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
6: I think I compare yeah. Romanoff very much, like, to Islam Mahachev before he fought Hooker. We all knew, is it Hooker? We all knew how good Mahachev was, but we couldn't really justify it ranking-wise. Yeah. And I think that's how we feel about Romanoff. We know yep. he's that good, but it's kind of hard to say, well, you know, his, I, I would probably pick him over Stepe maybe, but we can't rank him at number three. So he just, that's just, that's just the issue with him. But yeah, but definitely. Top, I hope he gets top 15. I hope I hope the UFC is going to have a tough time finding someone to fight him too, I think. So cool. It, yeah. It's, that's, it's just so that, funny. That's it's my so biggest funny concern. And, yeah.
4: It's so funny to me and just unusual because like of all the divisions, in the UFC, heavyweights are the one division that more than any other else gets expedited. Like if you're coming in and you're two and oh, and those are first round finishes, you're probably fighting a top five, top 10 guy pretty quickly. And somehow it just, we all, everybody missed it with this one. Like this dude's five fights deep. He's been in the UFC three years. Like. And just now, everybody's starting to get on the train. It's all just weird.
3: You but could watch MMA Fightings. You could watch MMA mm-hmm. Fightings, UFC London, pre-fight media scrum, where I brought up Alexander Romanoff, Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades, and Dawkus, to UFC President Dana White. Anyway, Casey, what were you saying? Oh, no, yeah. What you was Dana's reaction?
5: What did he say about Romanoff? Who?
3: He obviously knows Solon and talks about Tom Aspinall.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a, yeah, no, no idea who that is. Um, let's talk about some other fights
2: on the card real
6: quickly. Yeah.
2: And on to the next one, listeners know how high how much AK and I have loved Romanoff since oh, yeah. since day yeah. one. I feel like we all have uh, do been. do think? I, yeah. Fair. Oh yeah. I mean, Suplex and his coaches. How can you not like this guy? Uh, <laughs> also, people need to start UFC... spelling
3: his goddamn name right. There's no E. Yeah, no E in Alexander. E. There's no E. In fairness, Miles that's in a comment bit of like a weird one, right? In, that'll, at, that'll, it, that's and easy his first name? At... There's oh, no yeah. E. There's no There's E, D R.
5: Also, no it really makes sense. Alex
3: and Doctor.
5: Oh, it's like that. And to also be fair,
2: the UFC. The UFC had the E in there until like two fights ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't, and,
5: and it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all anglicizing. It's all anglicizing of, 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 a, of a Russian name. It doesn't matter. It's just whether his choice whether he wants to e in there. But it's not like it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> but you're right. Jose, let's begin with you. Did we see Darren Elkins in the UFC for the last time? Or are they giving him a new contract of this performance tonight?
3: I'm sure they're gonna give Darren Elkins some sort of contract. He seems like he's down to fight anyone, and uh, as Dana White has said many times, I love fighters like that. They're down to scrap with whoever. I feel like you, you could just give, just like a, like a contract and hide the name, and Darren Elkins would be like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, the UFC likes fighters like that. So I'm assu- I'm sure they. Plus, he trains at Alpha Male, and he's like a, like Fa- like Faber and Dana. Are obviously, boys like Dana has seems to have a soft spot for a lot of those alpha alpha male fighters. So I'm sure we'll see him back. Sean.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be a crime if they didn't bring it back. He's been in the U- I think he's on like year 12 in the UFC. Like, he's just one of these guys who's always around, he's always willing to fight anybody. And you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. Like at this point, like I feel like at some point in his career he was a little boring. But at this point, it's just like every fight he's in is just unbelievable to watch. It's great theater. Like you're watching this like blood and gut scraps every single time this guy gets in the cage, and every time the other person gets is like surprised that the homer St- simpson strategy of just like i'm gonna let this guy punch himself out on my face <laughs> until all of a sudden he's tired like works on them like every time the opponent's surprised so it's it's tremendous you have to resign him also low-key darren elkins won three of his last four so like come on bring him back
5: truth and also i don't think he's, gonna, he's a company guy i don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to break the bank for them they'll yeah. they'll give him his raise they'll give him a raise that i'm sure he's happy with and it's a raise that I bet if we got a chance to look at it we'd be like this guy deserves to get paid 10 times 20 times more than he's actually getting paid so so yeah it's a good thing he's gonna resign this will be with the UFC it's, it's good for the fans but uh man I hope Darren Elkins and his management team can just get a get a few more simoleons in there you know because they deserve it this guy this guy's taking some real long-term damage man uh and I know he wouldn't have it any other way well is that's true I think they asked him like well, they asked him, do, he like, would do you exactly enjoy being in wars? And he was like, hell no. I think, I think his family would appreciate the other way. Yeah. No, but I think, I mean, as far as like being a fighter, like the other question is like a part of this question is, do you think he should retire on a high note? Yeah, I think I'd love Darren Elkins to retire and just, if he had enough money to and just be happy the rest of his life, I a feeling like he loves fighting and likes getting paid to do it. And uh won't be seeing him retire anytime <laughs> soon. Darren Elkins is low key one of my favorite fighters. I, I, it's not
6: even. I'm not even being ironic about it. I just actually love his greedy style, and it's it's one of those things like, like, it's, I mean, it sounds weird, but after training MMA, I really appreciate Darren Elkins' style. It is, it is gruesome and ugly, but there's a lot of freaking technique in it and stuff, and that is a style that fits him. And I, that's kind of hard. Fu- it's, huh?
4: really, it's, it's really, it's really effing hard. It's really effing
6: hard the way he fights, and it's really effing yeah. hard to fight him. You have to be just such a better, a higher level. You no, know, once, once he hit, like, Chad Mendes guys, and, you know, he hit the, just the higher level 40, uh, 45ers, you know, then he ran to proms. But Tristan Conley's, good Lord, like, you don't fight that guy and come out the same. Yeah, He ruined Bek- uh, Miroslav Bek- Bektik, yeah. That guy was, like, one of the biggest prospects in the sport, and, like, ruined him. So, uh, love Darren also, Elkins. yeah.
5: And listen, a, we talk about our we talk about Arlowski setting records, Elkins extending his record he already had. Now his twenty fourth UFC featherweight appearance and sixteenth win, only behind Max Holloway. So his Max, the two most successful the most successful featherweights in UFC history so far, Max Holloway and straight behind him, Darren Elkins. What a freaking stat! That Amazing. is unreal. Amazing. Oh yeah, he's definitely
6: resigning the UFC. And I, I wish, I wish there could be a, a a UFC Hall of Fame wing of just like. You weren't, yeah. You were never that great, but man, fuck it. You're in. <laughs> That's the Jim Miller wing. Actually, Jim Miller wing. Wait, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jim no Miller wing. shot. I like, never oh, ever man, fought for a title. So I never even thought man. about you're going to fight for a title. But God dang, we love you. Um, it's <laughs> also, like, Casey, someone one one more. there,
4: someone yeah. in there mentioned Tristan Connelly, his opponent, like. What a weird couple years for Tristan Connolly. That dude has only had three UFC fights. He's been in the UFC since 2019. The first one he debuts as a welterweight on a short notice and beats the giant Michelle Pereira. And then he's 0-2 since as a featherweight.
6: Makes no sense.
2: Crazy. He did he did give Pat Sabatini a very I mean not a very difficult, but but his toughest fight, because we've seen what Sabatini has done since then. And then this is a gritty tough fight with Darren Elkins. And it was good man. So it I hope they keep yeah. him around. I hope they keep him around because I, I th- like after the fight, I, I love. I loved that fight. I loved it so much. Good. I thought okay. it was the fight of the night too. up until the main event. And someone was like, "Well, Natan Levy and Mike Breeden should be fight of the night over that." I'm like, "No, you're insane." Levy Breeden was fun, but there was just it was just two guys getting in there and just swinging street fight style. These guys are in there. At least it was technical, and there mm-hmm. was no no disrespect to Levy and Breeden because they're young fighters. They're they're on the rise, but. I mean, Jesus. I mean, I was exhausted after watching those two fight. Uh, Tristan Gordette closes this up. Thoughts on Grant Dawson's performance. Think he's going to get a top 15 fighter in his next fight? AK, we'll discuss this tomorrow and on to the next one. Sean, Grant Dawson's ceiling. I'll just say quickly, I won't name who he's going to get, but not top 15.
5: Pro- probably not top 15. It's a very deep division, yeah. but it's a, very, it's a very deep division. Sean, where are
4: we putting Gray? Yeah. I'll be surprised if he gets top 15, because you look at the UFC's top 15 right now, you're looking at the outside of it, Diego Bahara Brad Riddell, Dan Hooker. Doesn't feel like he's in that range yet to be able to get somebody like that and fadangle that type of matchup. He's he's a good talent. He's obviously a good talent though, man. Like he's still young, 28 years old. He's undefeated in the UFC. Uh, it does feel like he's sort of, we've seen sort of like that he does have a ceiling in this 155 division. Like the Jared Gordon one was definitely a come from behind. Like, you know, you hail Mary marrying it out. Uh, he drew with Ricky Glenn. So I don't know that he's going to be someone that we're talking in title contention ever, but he's definitely a good talent here at 155, which is the best division in the entire sport and the deepest division in the mm.
2: sport. You yeah. thought he hail married that out? I thought he was up comfortably up two rounds.
4: Okay, you might be totally right. I was I was covering boxing today, so I was only seeing <laughs> – Fair I, enough. Fair he, enough. It was competitive. Though. He, 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 he did didn't good. dominate,
6: but he did – toward the later moments of he – he, he, he was definitely the winner of the fight. Actually, I, I like yeah. what you said, Grant Dawson and Diego, you didn't mention, but Diego Freire. I think Diego Ferrer's is coming off two losses. Those are fights that make sense, you know, kind of guys switching spots, you know, see if Diego Ferrer is still, you know, a top dude anymore. And uh, yeah. And last question, last question. This is important. You probably, yeah. you guys probably won't understand this, but. Right.
2: By the way, I don't think, I don't think, um, <laughs> I don't think Grant Dawson has surpassed Claudio Pueyes. Oh, in yeah. the Jalen Turners of the world just yet. Gotcha. So I think those guys are like the agree. ones knocking on the door at the top of the right now. Ah, uh, oh, for Christ's sake, really? <laughs> John and Jose's take on the tomato controversy. Was, was there actually controversy okay. here? Like, the,
6: what, what is a tomato? Is it a... What is a tomato? Guys, oh, what is it? It's a fruit. Is that the
2: controversy? If someone goes, it's
6: a vegetable, would you correct them?
5: Yes. No.
3: No. no. <laughs> Maybe in 1998 when I was trying to be a idiot like douchey seven-year-old that you know yeah. was
5: a very like grade yeah. school high school thing to like point out like it's now like, oh, if someone think, just goes tomatoes a vegetable now if uh,
3: someone calls a tomato <laughs> a, a vegetable i say okay
4: yeah i wouldn't have
3: a <laughs> single reaction to that. you know what be, life uh, keeps going on i, I do want to spend I, this well, off I'm, not, it doesn't,
6: I'm not changing time it's just like it's like it's it's just it's, oh by the way like if
5: someone mispronounces something oh that's actually pronounced this way they go oh okay I'm not i not actually when jerk. i jerk you know, what's funny not. when I'm when, when I'm uh, actually on a date, I actually go out of my way to point this out. I just, I bring, <laughs> I bring it up. I bring it. It's like one of the, it's like, I have, you know, you, you know, you're going to date, you're prepared. I have multiple topics prepared. One of them is like, it's like the conversation's kind of dying down. I'm like, uh, tomato, by the way, is it fruit? Not a vegetable. Uh, and I'll tell you something. I'm very single and right did, now and I don't know why I don't the,
4: think there's any connection to, the, to that, but that, that has to have a hundred percent success rate. Do
3: you just order know, like said, tomato I'm, sandwiches on the reg and that's how this comes up?
4: I mean, if I, if I can
5: to, to to segue it more elegantly, I will. But again, like I said, sometimes I'll just bring it up just so it sounds smart. Usually it's not received very it's, well, but well, someday. Kind of... Yeah. So I'm, I'm
6: assuming on your Tinder profile, is all like, you know, I enjoy mixing in the martial arts, no hookups, tomatoes of fruit. So no, it, no, it's ask me, ask me <laughs> no, ask me what a tomato is.
5: I'm trying to get a hashtag, conversation. A hashtag, keep the, the fruits and vegetables <laughs> apart. <laughs>
6: yeah, thank you. <laughs> Oh, there we go. That's all right,
4: Let's take it. Let's take, I, I have a real question, quick question about this because I was arguing with somebody earlier about this, and this, this baffled me when I saw it. Uh, so my initial reaction to seeing the tomato thing, obviously the Joe, Joe Riggs thing, yeah. was like, holy shit like that dude's just eating a tomato like an apple like that's really gross yeah that is really really gross and uh-huh. i was told by a lot of people on social media that no it's not gross at all and they just do it it's that's very normal. They Eat tomatoes no that that's yeah, completely yeah. gross right i'm not crazy no, no, no. i i hate
5: i hate tomatoes but i know many people who just will just munch into a tomato yeah, who so, who do no. you know no. name a person who Call does them. that everyone <laughs> in my family i can't i can't stand <laughs> them my brother loves tomatoes oh well I, that explains like, a lot she just grabbed a tomato like oh this is good and just bites it. Eat it like they just like it. I I don't I, I like tomatoes yeah. like mixed with things, but like I could not eat I could not bite into tomato. That sounds. I I'm with I'm Gene. I'm with you on that. Like I think okay. that's disgusting, okay. but I know a lot of people who do it, so it's it's not strange to me at all.
4: No other opinions. Okay, I I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm like crazy. I, I have... feel like I'm crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I. I I have zero opinions right. on eating
3: tomatoes like an athlete. No. Would you? Have you done it? I have no more opinions. We talked about yeah, tomatoes for like thirty minutes in the Q and A. Q&A. Oh, okay. I have tri- I have done it, and I was like, oh, it "Just happened. I don't know." Yeah, so it's not. gave me tomato and I ate it. <laughs> yeah, it's not weird. It's weird. Listen, if you're hungry and all there's in this, today, of tomato, I was today. Yeah. I was hungry. The only thing I had was a bag of spinach, and I ate that. I,
6: mean, I
4: eat
3: that's, that's way weird. less yeah, weird.
4: I my...
6: do
3: that. No, I eat raw. I don't. I eat raw vegetables all the time, just for. It's tomato. a fruit.
4: munching on a <laughs> tomato like that is so gross. I, whatever, I don't know, I'll drop it. All right, all right.
5: Him stuffing that tomato then in the other guy's mouth was not gross, just the idea of it, just already. <laughs> it, was, it was already gross, and then it just, the next part yeah. didn't matter. Yeah.
2: Next time on the Vegan Power Hour, how to become a raw vegan and make it work out for you. And until then, everybody, for Jose, for Sean, AK, can't wait to see how your dating life goes the rest of this year. I am Mike Hack. Thank you, to EKC, on the production. Good night, everybody. Great night of fights. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.